This is a Nerd and Tie podcast. Welcome to Bullshit Free Witchcraft, your monthly witchcraft podcast, minus the usual bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and we're here back for another month. And uh, I want to talk to you about something that I think is a complicated topic, and that I know that some people are going to disagree with me uh, when they listen to this episode, and that's okay. We're, we're allowed to disagree. And that is uh, the idea of... <laughs> Well, frankly, um, a lot of the consumerism in witchcraft and uh, the commercialization of witchcraft and how it's kind of okay here. It's, uh, I think the, the before I dig into everything, my philosophy is thus. Store-bought is fine. Handmade is better. That's it. That's That's my whole argument. And... The rest of this, you know, whatever, however long this episode ends up being, probably around 20 minutes to half hour, is going to be me explaining those thoughts. But uh, before you get mad at me, <laughs> remember, that's going to be my, my thesis. <laughs> All right. You want to get started? Let's get started. Let's start out at probably a more controversial moment. This is actually one of the situations that inspired me to make this podcast to begin with, but it was kind of out of the news before I was ready to launch, because we launched at the end of September in 2018. But at the beginning of that month, um, there was a big freakout in the witchcraft community about uh, in September of 2018, late August 2018, that Sephora was going to start selling a witch kit. Now, this is far from the first time anybody announced they're going to be selling a witch kit. It will not be the last, and frankly, you can go find a bunch of different witch kits online right now. But Sephora was going to have it in regular mall stores that anyone could go to. And now, the whole freakout about this like, well, first off, there's multiple things. First off, a bunch of Wiccans got mad because they were selling their religion like commercially. Well, first off, not all witchcraft is Wicca. And this is a Wiccan telling other Wiccans that not all witchcraft is Wicca. Uh, secondly, every other religion's been mainstreamed to death like this. I mean, religious witches, if you want to be taken as seriously as Christianity in this country, you got to remember that there's the, the, the commercialization and the whole industry around their religion is just bonkers banana pants and you just haven't noticed it because it's kind of endemic to the culture but at least here in the United States 
I, I, you know, I always forget this is like there's a potential international audience for the show, but uh, I'm I'm very much speaking from a, a U.S. perspective, which is probably applicable in many other Western countries when regards to witchcraft. Again, not in regards to everything, because every country has a different point of view. Culturally, uh, anyways. <laughs> This sort of commercialization has been going on with, like, with witchcraft, though, for a long time. I mean, it's, it, this is like, so the Sephora Witch Kit had a tarot deck in it, some essential oils, I think some white sage, and maybe a couple other things. Not really anything that was, you wouldn't see in the Pyramid Collection. You know what I mean? And if you don't know what the Pyramid Collection is, you must be young. Because <laughs> it's a... I think it's still around. I assume it's still around. I don't get mail order catalogs for it anymore. Uh, I never bought anything from them, so that's why. I, but, uh, yeah, no, the Pyramid Collection. It's a thing. Look it up if you don't know what it is. But they've been selling, like, this kind of stuff back to us for a long, long time. And it's like... The entire freakout really reminded me of uh, the same kind of stuff that I saw in the 90s where people were freaking out about Hot Topic Mall Witches in the 90s. Um, people have been trying to make a quick buck off the modern witchcraft movement since there was a modern witchcraft movement. Like, it started in New Age shops. The fact that, like, and it's just continued. This is not new. And so this entire kit was not that big a deal, but it drew up a couple of different controversies when this whole thing happened. First off, because the tarot deck used the same art as another well-known tarot deck, people flipped out, and they claimed that the uh, that the deck was plagiarizing. And they did this without doing any investigation, without talking to the company that made the deck they claimed that was being plagiarized, without trying to find out who the original artist was, all of this, like, people flipped out on the internet about this deck. And anyone who spent, like, five minutes, like, I spent five minutes looking into it, and the deck was clearly not plagiarized. Was it using the same artwork you found in another deck? Of course it was. It was also using the same artwork found in this, the artist, the original artist deck, um, which I can't remember her name, but she was a Russian artist, but we, we looked it up. I looked it up at the time and confirmed that the artist sells all of the art pieces in that deck as stock art for commercial use. <laughs> so, like, all they did, they legally purchased the art. It wasn't expensive, so they made a tarot deck using legally purchased stock art. But everyone's freaking out about this tarot deck, and or they were in, back in 2018, and it was nuts. It was nuts. Um, also, people started to talk about the White Sage as though, uh, without any verification that it had been, um, that they claimed it wasn't ethically sourced without ever looking into it. And this is, again, the... This is... Guys, we, we need to teach you to do five minutes of research. You need to look up everything before you start reposting it. It turns out that the White Sage that was supposed to be in the kit was ethically harvested. Like, so the contents of the kit, people were lying about where it came from and uh, the problems with it. And you'll see things passed around. And there are people who still believe that the, the tarot deck was, was plagiarized. 
But with all this negative backlash, there was... Uh, the, the the entire kit got cancelled. Uh, Primrose, the company that was making it, cancelled the kit. It was not released. And everything quieted down. But this entire thing happened from this outrage. And a lot of the outrage I saw were people who were angry that witchcraft is being commercialized. And again, as I said earlier, that's always been a thing. Like... Cheryl Gardner was out there selling books, y'all. Like, commercializing witchcraft has always been a thing because, I don't know if you noticed it, but most of our traditions and crafts, we use supplies, right? Like, if you're not buying it from them, you know... Okay, so, like, you can... Some people can grow their own herbs in an herb garden, which is flipping awesome, but you bought the seeds somewhere, probably. I mean, some people probably... Some people might have gotten, you know, uh, plants from people who already had it and charity. But most people either who have an herb garden either bought the seeds or bought the plants. That's commercialization right there. If you don't have an herb garden, you're buying, you know, just because your spell components came out of the spice aisle in the grocery store doesn't make them any less commercially purchased than if they were in a pre-prepared kit. And so people freaking out about this was just insane to me because accessible witchcraft kits like this, yes, it's going to lead to a bunch of people picking it up, playing around, trying it, and putting it down and forgetting about it. And that's fine. Like, that's, that, that's a natural part of life. It's, we, I did a whole episode about why that's fine. <laughs> Go back one episode and find out why that's okay, by my opinion. Um, but also, it was going to be a gateway to people who maybe were in households that bringing home stuff might be hard, but if it's in a Sephora bag, they don't get asked questions. Like... It's, it's just insane, the backlash that happened here. Store-bought kits are fine. And actually, like, if you go on Amazon, you will find witchcraft kits for sale. Often they're Wicca-focused and they're altar kits. Where, you know, it'll give you an altar cloth and, you know, maybe a pentagram, some candles, maybe some incense, maybe a bell, maybe a chalice. Like... And if, if that's that's your start if that's your way in that's okay too. Like the commercialization is not the problem. The problem is we're all scared of the commercialization. But the fact is is that like when these if Sephora had been selling this kit, it would have been a nice, wonderful introduction to a lot of people. And I just it's just feels exclusionary. Like, what? what's wrong with that tarot deck? Like, if someone bought... Like, okay, so, obviously, there's cultural appropriation issues with smudging, right? But anyone can smoke cleanse, and as long as the white sage was ethically sourced, it would have been fine, right? Obviously, if it hadn't been ethically sourced, it shouldn't have been, but it, it, it wouldn't have been fine. But, like... As long as the material components are ethically sourced and ethically purchased, then, like, where's the problem? 
And how is this... Why do people freak out about this instead... And don't freak out about these witch kits where you see a whole altar kit for sale. And half of that is cheaply made in China. Probably not under the best conditions. And, you know... Like, why is that okay? But this wasn't. And I think it's because it was in these mainstream shops focused at young women. And... I don't know. Like, we as a culture seem to hate anything that draws young women, and I think it's really weird that we would see this in the witchcraft community, which is largely dominated by women, right? I'm a non-binary person, and I'm, I know that my voice is probably in the minority for, you know, it's most, most witches in America, in America, in the modern witchcraft movement, so I'm not talking about other forms of witchcraft, I'm talking about the modern witchcraft movement, well, uh, it's, it's disproportionately cisgendered women. Like, it, it attracts other people too, but, like, that's... That, that's what you, you end up running into. And I don't know. Is it, is it because it was young people? Because I still see that. Like, older witches tend to get really negative about, like, the kids trying things out. And I don't want to go into that too much because we talked about that last episode. But anyway, so I think the outrage over the witch kit was ridiculous. And it was frustrating. And I think that if you want to buy a prepackaged, like, pre-set-up form of this is stuff that you can do witchcraft with, that's great. You should do some reading. Like, I want you to pick up a book. Like, if you're serious about witchcraft you should pick up a book and, and, you know, and do that. But, yeah. Now, while the witch kits are, which, uh, witch kits, witch kits, I can speak English, I'm a podcaster, um, while the witch kits will, were well and good, and they still are, like, these, these kits you see on Amazon, they're fine. I, don't think I would ever purchase one. Like, if I were starting out, I'm glad I didn't. Because there's an aspect to your altar, to your craft, that it's, frankly, I like the idea of handpicking everything out. Like, I I chose my Athema in particular for my altar, for my portable altar. I don't have a permanent altar set up anymore because I live in a very small apartment. And having a dedicated altar space is the pipe dream of rich middle-aged witches from the 1970s. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's not a thing. Like, like if you've got a dedicated altar room in your home, uh, I've got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And if you've got the money for a dedicated altar room and you're listening to this, throw me a few bucks because, you know, I don't. But, like, picking out every component I use, like, even just the kind of salt that I have for my earth component and, like, all this other stuff, like, I'm, I'm very choosy. Like... In my practice, material components aren't a necessity, but they are a tactile 
experience and I enjoy them and I pick out every one kind of just whether how I use it in my craft is whether it was a gift or something I found or something I bought or something I made like these are all like intrinsically like personal decisions to me and so when you buy a kit when you buy a kit you don't have that personal connection like if you buy a kit with like this is the tarot deck it comes with this is the tool like this is the thing this is the other thing or if you go on you know you go and you buy one of those pre-packaged altar kits like this is the altar cloth this is the candle holder this is the thing uh, this was selected by someone else and it might not really resonate as much with you and so you end up like it's it's a good place to start if you just want to be lazy and I will always defend being lazy so that's not a criticism when I say that it's if you just want to be lazy about it that's great that's cool but just the 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 inherent texture you end up swapping things out of that kit right it's you end up switching items here switching items there and I don't know it just seems like you end up double buying and Here's the other thing about those kits. Here's the other thing. It's way cheaper to buy your own stuff. Like, if you're assembling your own altar, it's cheaper just to buy stuff on its own. And you don't need everything that's in that kit. Like, so it's an altar cloth. Do you, do you need an altar cloth picked up by this other person when you can just, like get some fabric (laughs) or a bandana or uh, I've my altar cloth is from made out of a cape that came from like a childhood costume like that my mother made for me in second grade like and that's a very personal item to me and so like I don't know, it, like all of these these items, you know, whether it be any of this stuff, like it's way cheaper. It's way cheaper to get an, an ex, you know get an inexpensive athame. Or you might not even want an athame. Don't buy a wand. Go find a stick. Go out into the woods and find a stick, and you can tie a cheap crystal to the end if you want to make it fancy. But all that's going to cost way less than something that's, like, part of some prepackaged kit where they charge you a 200% markup because, you know, they, they, they think you're not... They assume you're not savvy enough to go out and find stuff. That's... that's I think that's the, the biggest problem with... The only problem I've ever had with witch kits is that they're expensive for what you're getting. Like, you want to, like, if the Sephora Witch Kit had come out, if this kit had been on shelves, it would have been cheaper to go out and buy a tarot deck. And, and yeah, you can buy your own tarot deck. Fight me. Um, buy a tarot deck and buy the essential oils and buy the, you know, whatever stuff in it. And, frankly, you don't need half that stuff. It's, you know, go to the, go to the spice aisle. Like... Pick up material components from McCormick. They're not... They're not... Well, some are expensive, but most of them aren't expensive. Go cheap. Like, 
I found these little, like, jars that were meant for, like, makeup that I could find in bulk for inexpensive. And I can make a spell jar for, like, less than $5. It's tiny, but it works. You know, source things, look at things, research, you know. If those kits are going to come with the cheapest stuff possible for the highest price possible, if you want to spend the money, you can buy more quality things individually, or you can go buy the cheap things individually and save money. Like, none of these... Like, on the witchcraft kits you see on the internet, be they on Etsy or be they on um, Amazon, none of these people are working to scale. So you're not going to find the best deal. Like, none of these people are doing the scale that would give them good bulk pricing on the individual items. So I'm just saying you can do it for a whole lot less money. Also, frankly, like, not everything on everybody's altar is going to be the same. And so, like, you might be buying items that you don't actually want to end up using. Like, say you want to... say you're a Wiccan, and so I'm just going to use this as a Wiccan example because I'm a Wiccan and it's it's easy for me to remember this stuff, but if you're a Wiccan and you buy a kit with anathema, but you instead actually want to use a wand, then you just bought it, you just spent money on a knife that you don't want because you want to use a wand instead. Like, we have to, you gotta keep track of this stuff, look at this stuff, think about this stuff. Individually sourcing items is way, way cheaper. And things you make yourself, like, I don't never spend money on a wand unless you're buying stuff for the tip. Go out, find, go into the woods. Find a branch. <laughs> find a fallen branch. Cut off a part of it. Make a wand. <laughs> like, and frankly... Yeah, frankly, if, if you're looking at wands, just, you know, the personal connection to something that was put before you in the universe, to me, that feels way stronger than, you know, something that I bought off of eBay. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here. The importance, though, the important thing to do, think about, though, is that just because it's cheaper and it's more personal to personally like and like but we fetishize authenticity in the witchcraft movement we fetishize the idea that everything's got to be like this is like handcrafted and ancient and it came down through this family line and or i was in the grove and the goddess spoke to me and revealed herself when the tree branch fell on my head and then i carved this handcrafted complex wand from it. Like, we fetishize that shit. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Like, and if, if you if you find joy in that kind of experience, I will not criticize you for it. Because guess what? It's really neat. Like, when this you need this thing for your spell, and then it just happens to come through your life, and, like, that's the perfect component, and... Like, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling. It is. But you know what? It, it doesn't... It, it's also okay. It's also okay if someone went down to the local witch shop and bought everything off the first shelf 
and uh, wants to start working from there. As long as their intent is good, as long as what they're trying to do is true, that's still witchcraft, and we have to be okay with that. And yeah, not everyone who tries this out is going to really dedicate themselves to a witchcraft practice, but that's cool, dude. That's fine. I know it sounds like I'm harping on this a lot these last couple of episodes, but like, it's okay to try things out and not everyone has to be as fully committed as all of us are to this sort of lifestyle. Like, it's cool, man. Like, let folks try shit out. Let folks do things. And you know what? And also, here's the thing. Not everyone's got the time to go spend three hours researching Athames, looking at the best prices, looking at everything. Some people just want to go do stuff. Like, not everyone has the time to go down to their local herbalist and, like, find the perfect ingredient for this and that. Not everyone has... Not everyone has the freaking time. Like, I, I'm... Most of us work jobs. Like, I'm gonna be honest, I bought my... Like, I bought stuff off Amazon. I've done it. I do it all the time. My witchcraft... And, you know, I've substituted things based on what I could find at the time because I don't have... I don't have time for some of this stuff. I have a life. Most of you have lives. They might not be interesting. I don't know. I don't know you. I'm... I, I act like I'm talking directly to you, but I've got literally no idea who exactly is listening to this episode at any given time. I'm just happy anyone is. But, like, the search for the authentic, this weird hipster impulse in so much of the witchcraft movement, like, this search for the perfect aesthetic, perfect thing, like, it, some people just don't have time, and if buying a kit gets them everything they need, and they just had to, like, look for two seconds and click purchase on Amazon, let them do it, and don't get mad about it. Like, do I think there are more cost-effective ways? Yes. Do I think that down the road you might want to replace some of the stuff in that kit because, like, there's better stuff out there for you? Sure. But if you just, if you are a witch and you have picked up some books and you go, oh my god, I want to try this stuff out. I don't have any of this stuff it's asking me to try it out with. And mind you, in my opinion, everything's substitutable, so, like, go ahead and, like, substitute stuff. But if you want to try it out the direct way first and, like, you don't feel like digging through, like, 20 things, it's okay to go Google Alter Kit and find a kit for 40 bucks that has everything you want in it and buy it and get it prime delivery in two days and just start doing stuff. Go for it. I mean, why not? Why well, Why do we have to crawl up our own ass about authenticity? <laughs> ah. So yeah, store-bought is fine. Homemade is better. But you can't beat the convenience. You know... I can make a better burger than Wendy's, but I worked for eight hours. They'll make it for me. 
So <laughs> that uh, that was a bit of a ramble. Um, we're gonna wrap up this episode with uh, just a reminder that as I record this, uh, I am still looking for your feedback. I want to do um, for the next episode. Uh, I want to do a uh, feedback episode. Like I want to answer your questions and talk to you about the stuff that you want to talk about. Um, we've been doing the show for most of a year and I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your feelings. I want to know what you're doing. I got some, uh, we have some good, uh, messages and, uh, some good questions have already come in, but I want more. And so I want to know what you think. And so the next episode is going to effectively be a Q and a, and, uh, I need your cues for me to a, so if you'd like me to answer your questions, what you can do is you can go to um, bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com slash contact. And there's a contact form there. And if you fill that out, that'll email me. If you want to do it directly via email, my email address is trh at trhonline.com. And you can send to me there. Or you can send me uh, questions through the uh, BS Free Witchcraft uh, Facebook page facebook.com slash bsfreewitchcraft and uh, you can yeah that's uh, those are pretty much the main routes um, if you'd like to uh, follow the show on social media uh, the on the Facebook page is bsfreewitchcraft the, uh, you, you can follow me on twitter um, at t-r-e-g-o-r-n you can find me on tumblr t-r-e-g-o-r-n dot tumblr dot com and uh, finally, this show does is supported by patrons like you um, at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And uh, people who support me there are just awesome people. Um, I'm going to come up with some nice rewards related to the show, but I haven't had time yet. So, uh, yeah, if you'd like to support the show, that's where you can do it. This show is a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Also on Nerd and Tie is a show called Stormwood and Associates. Stormwood and Associates is a weekly actual play role-playing game podcast. Uh, it's like a D&D podcast, but it uses uh, a different system, the Super Awesome Action Heroes system. And Stormwood and Associates is a, a modern-day set fantasy campaign um, in the fictional city of San Ricardo, where uh, Stormwood and Associates, a private investigator, a bounty hunter, and licensed mage agency uh, tries to uh, solve crimes uh, fight bad guys and uh, maybe save the world at some point if they get around to it so Stormwood and Associates and you can find that at nerdandtie.com slash Stormwood and I, I GM very often on that campaign we rotate GMs but I'm if, if you want to hear more of me that's a good place to hear me every week uh, and uh, with that we're going to wrap up the shows. Also, on that feedback episode, I want to know your ideas for what to call listeners of the show. No one's been giving me ideas for that. People have been asking questions, but no one's been giving me ideas for what to call listeners of this show. Because I, I think this audience needs a name. And so uh, you should uh, come up with way, come up with something. Right now, uh, the only thing I've come up with is Magicians. Because that still makes me laugh. And I don't know why. But technically, there's a little hint of Crowley in that. Uh, Alistair Crowley in that. And I don't want to necessarily like, bind into anything referring to him. Because uh, he was a dick. Um, and with that, 
thank you very much for listening, and I will speak to you again in a month.